understand. He's your brother. Okay, fine. Equal billing as co-producers. Okay, another can of food for you. Fair enough. And we're back to Amanda Land. I mean, Six Degrees of Cats. A podcast about how cats have influenced our past, present, and future. Ah, cats. Aren't they the best? No. Or, yes. The answer is yes, they are the best. And there's something really magical, I think, about how we humans can forge such close, trusting bonds with a completely different species. We talked a bit in the first episode about how that relationship first started. And now I want to know, how did we somehow figure out ways to communicate to each other, we cats and humans, that not only do we come in peace, we don't want to eat each other, and in fact, we kind of like each other? Is there a secret language? Well, kind of. At least for humans. So why not apply some of these relationship models to the human-cat connection? Ever heard of love languages? These love languages, acts of love and care that are given or received to communicate love were first documented by marriage counselor Gary Chapman. Chapman observed that there were about five different ways that love tended to be given or felt. The five love languages. Which are? Words of affirmation. Quality time. Physical touch. Gifts. And acts of service. Easy peasy, right? No. Communication is hard, everyone. And if you ever are told differently, that's a bunch of malarkey. Things tend to get lost in translation. And, oh my goodness, that's even more confusing for cats and humans. We don't even speak the same verbal language. A whole lot of cat memes and jokes like to call cats jerks due to behaviors that, from the human perspective, seem like intentional acts of sabotage, rejection, or outright rudeness. Dead mouse on a pillow, knocking over water, jumping on keyboards to delete the line of code that breaks the entire sequence. That's totally them being jerks, right? Not quite. We may be misunderstanding their signals, and they ours. In this episode, using the five love languages construct, we're going to re-examine the way we're communicating love and affection with our fur children, and hopefully answer the ever-pressing question of inter- and intraspecies affinity. How do cats and humans work around this communication barrier? To get to the heart of things, or cats, I consulted with a fantastic cat advocate who has often fielded this question over her career supporting humans in living with and loving on their feline family members. My name is Jennifer Vandekeeft. I'm a certified advanced feline training and behavior professional. I have a business called Cat Advocate, which is a feline behavior consulting business. I basically help cat guardians with issues such as litter box issues, tough introductions, 
excessive vocalization, aggression, basically any kind of behavior issue that a cat might be experiencing or demonstrating. My website is cat-advocate.com. So for the rest of this episode, Jennifer will interpret the hundreds of hours of cat meows I have on my phone. Just kidding. Though there is a research team that created an app called Meow Talk. They're not answering my calls, so if anyone knows how to reach them. First up, do cats love, or heck, even like us? Or are they merely tolerating our presence until the day we expire? At which point we will finally make our annoying, noisy existence justified as a source of protein. Cats absolutely love us and appreciate us. And I think they show that in so many ways. The one thing I've learned in this is that cats are individuals. The way one cat shows affection might be completely different from the next cat. They all express it in a different way. Some cats like to be pet a lot and other cats don't. And I don't think that has anything to do with how they feel about us. Well, that makes me feel a little better. But really... To quote the late, great Whitney Houston, How will I know? Oh, that was bad. Let's forget that happened. How will I know? Back to Jennifer. And the problem with cat research is there's just not a lot of it. Um, And I think that's changing. You know, there's so much more research about dogs than there is about cats. That is definitely changing. But the thing is, we don't know that much about cats. We're still learning. Dr. Kristen Vitale, the feline cognition researcher we heard from in earlier episodes, has something else to add here. I will say a lot of the research I do is very much mirrored in cats and dogs. So I look at a lot of social cognition and a lot of the tests we run, even if they might be slightly modified for cats, we find that the cats are performing similarly to the dogs. As far as my research goes, we're finding a lot of parallels between the two. Even just in the bonds that the cat shares with the human, it looks exactly the same as what we see between the dog and the human. And for a long time, that was kind of thought of to be something special between dogs and humans and that dogs had evolved to have this special bond with people. But now we're finding, hey, cats seem to be able to have the same kind of bond with people. For example, even though she can't speak and sometimes I wonder if she can understand me or if she's, you know, just trying to play me to the left. Um, (laughs) Sometimes I don't have to say anything and she will be right there. She's so attuned to me that she knows, hey, mom, mom needs a little extra love and care. And just a reminder that she's here. And, you know, someone, someone loves her and sees her. So I think that's just been so special and so sweet. That was our next expert. I'm Jade Hillary, and I am a training and learning design professional for Planned Parenthood Federation of America, a full spectrum doula. I'm also a board member for Aaliyah in Action, and I'm a community collaborator for Cornerstone Trainings, an essential movement instructor. I'm also one half of the Good Black Podcast with my co-host and best friend, Gant, and that's the Good Black Podcast on all your favorite streaming platforms. Words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, gifts, acts of service. You're welcome. Jade provided the foundation for all of these love languages. 
It's trust, it's communication, gathering information about how they best receive love, because then following that blueprint and then expanding from there is the biggest thing. I can't underscore how important Jade's reminder of culture's impact on communication is. Folks often like to gravitate or organize themselves around the five love languages. I think there are so many different ones. And especially when we think about culture, you know, those love languages show up a little differently. And heck, in this conversation, it's not even culture. We're comparing entirely different species. I'll refer back to a point that Dr. Vitali raised when we last spoke. There's a lot of these negative stereotypes surrounding cats that then biases how that research is reported. And I think that we as researchers have to be kind of careful that, you know, it's not a bad thing if a cat looks at you but doesn't approach. It's just a finding and assigning some kind of intent to it that we can't understand what the cat's thinking. We can only try to have our best, you know, estimation from looking at their behavior. Let's keep all of this in mind as we continue to crack the cat love language code. After the break, let's dive deeper into those five love languages for six degrees of cats. Before the break, We briefed on the five love languages and addressed some limitations and caveats to anthropomorphizing their behaviors. There we go. With these things in mind, let's take a closer look at these five love languages to see if they do, in fact, show up in our cat-human loving interactions. Let's start with words of affirmation. What does that even mean? I guess for humans who feel loved by words of affirmation, that might be in the form of compliments or encouragement. And this would heavily rely on being able to speak the same language. Now, this isn't quite possible with humans and cats. Or is it? It's been so fascinating having this other creature in my home and she cannot talk, but she, she can vocalize, she can verbalize, you know, we're locked in pretty well. One of my favorite fun facts to drop on people I have just met is that cats do not actually meow at each other. Right. They, they mostly meow to us because we respond to it. <laughs> and those sweet or annoying Vocalizations were specifically developed to get our attention. I suspect that most of the meaning of those meows is some variation of Feed me. Feed me now. I choose to imagine that they're also saying, Thank you, mother, for working so hard to put food in my bowl and to shelter me. Or I'm a magical creature from another dimension, and I bring you great fortune. The legends are true. The legends are true. So yeah, it's a choice. I choose to feel loved when I hear them sing the song of their people at 3 a.m. at increasing volume and urgency. It does kind of feel one way when I call out my cat's names and they don't respond to me. I think I read that while cats do recognize their names, they just choose to ignore us. Sounds kind of personal. Is it? 
there was a study that showed that cats respond significantly more to their owner's voice than to a stranger's voice. But what they found was that they were orienting their body or their ears or looking, but they weren't necessarily getting up and approaching the person the way the dogs would. And so there was a lot of this negative media from that, like your cat can hear you, but chooses to ignore you and things like that. But why is approaching what we're using as our metric for listening? Obviously, the cats are responding, and they're responding not only to their owner's voice, but also to their own names compared to other random words. So cats really are picking up on our verbal cues and responding differently based on who's saying it. Some cats have sort of like a vibrating tail when they see you. That's really like a high level of excitement. There's, of course, purring. They have pheromones in their cheek, kind of marking you. They headbutt you, and they may just like bunt their head into a different part of your body, not necessarily your head. They might roll around on the floor in front of you. They might scratch your sofa, which is, again, mixing sense. You might be upset when your cat scratches your sofa, but it's really kind of a compliment because they're mixing their scent with yours. That makes me feel so much better. My couch shows that my cats love me so much. <laughs> I guess if they're not doing that to be jerks, but in fact, potentially to write, I love my mommy in cat scratches, maybe I shouldn't yell at them. I love what Jade shared about her relationship with Pippi. Sometimes I will talk to her as if she is a human. I mean, well, of course, I talk to her like she's a human, but because I do forget that she she cannot respond to me through the English language. She can respond to me in her own ways, which I pick up on that. But she either doesn't respond or doesn't respect that type of response. But also, why am I raising my voice to my cat? Like, I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me. I wouldn't want to do that to um, a human partner. So why do I think it's okay? Or why do I think that there's room for that in this relationship? Another thing that, you know, we're working on slash I'm working on this year is having more patience, being softer, being gentler, even in the moments where I'm frustrated with her. Oh, hey, Suggs. How long have you been sitting there? Well, this is timely. The next love language is, well, quality time, sharing space together. Sometimes I don't care about us doing a specific activity together, but I would like to just be in the room with you while we're both working. And that's a form of us spending time together. We're still focusing on our own things, but those are the moments where you really get to experience the day with them to support how their day is going or how it could unfold. So small moments of their day or in an activity that they've got going on that would better support them in achieving an outcome or take some of the load off of them, things like that. Jennifer reminds us of another aspect of quality time. It's quality, not quantity. I don't want someone to, to think that's not how I interact with my cat and it's wrong. But I would say in general, a healthy relationship is one where you can leave and your cat is not going to get like so upset. They're resilient. They know you're coming back and it's going to be fine. There's affection, but it's not 24-7. It's not like the cat has to be near you every second of the day. They can go off and look out the window. They can play. 
sometimes we create an unhealthy bond where we need them so much. So I think that there's a line there between a healthy, I can live without you for a few minutes, you know, and it's fine versus like, I can't get you out of my sight. Wait, am I the clingy one for wanting my kitties to be loving on me all the time? It's very, very hard to spend quality time with my cats without wanting to express my love through hugs and kisses. But this is kind of a uh, touchy subject. How does the love language of physical touch translate for cats? Per Jennifer. I would say they're a unique species. They're predators, but they're also prey. So, you know, a lot of times cats are just naturally cautious because of that. We think of them as maybe aloof when really they're just evaluating the situation before they come closer. It's all about consent. You ask a cat for consent by presenting your finger or just gently your hand and seeing if they smell it. And then what do they do? Do they lean into your hand? Like, yeah, I want to be pet. Or do they kind of take a step back? Meaning that's enough for right now. (laughs) Cats really like frequent but low intensity interaction. So they like to come over to you a lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they want to be pet. They just kind of like to see what's going on. They're very scent oriented. They have a much stronger sense of smell than we do, like significantly stronger. They kind of mix their scent with ours. Sometimes cats lick us. Sometimes they rub up against us. I just love kissing my cat on the head. It's irresistible. Does my cat feel loved when I do that? I think most cats probably do not appreciate this, (laughs) with some exceptions. You're welcome to try it with your cat if they even let you get that close. And you'll see, does your cat seem to want more? Or are they taking two feet back and looking at you like, don't ever do that again? So it's just something we want to do. It's not something necessarily that they appreciate having like our lips on their head. I think they'd prefer a little head rub with a finger or two or a chin scratch. Well, okay. The old chin scratch. Beyond that, how else can I love on my kitties? Maybe there's something I can give them. Because they're predators, they really need to pretend to hunt. Imagine your cat snuggles in the forest, fending for herself. She would catch something like 10 mice a day, plus like forage for bugs. And so when we invite them into our homes and we're like, here's your bowl of food, it kind of takes out a lot of the natural things that they would be doing. And I think it's harmful to them. Creating an environment where they can act out on their natural behaviors, scratching, playing, pretend hunting, really benefits them physically and emotionally. They're hunters. And any cat owner whose kitty has spent some time outdoors knows it. Ever had a dead bug or some remnant of a small animal left somewhere nearby for you? That's a little gift from your cat. This feathered cat toy I have is pretty effective proxy for an actual bird. But really, folks, it's acts of service that are the true cross-species love language for humans and cats. That's how it all started. I think they 
benefit a lot. They really bond with us. Not only do they expect to be fed and have their litter box scooped and maybe some playtime, that emotional connection is really strong. I think a healthy bond is really beneficial for both the human and the cat. By sheltering and feeding my cats, I'm showing them love. And as you may recall from episode one, they're returning it by keeping my domicile free of vermin. And ghosts. I don't know what they're looking at at night. I don't want to see it. Cats were not brought into our lives to be entertainment or toys or passive playthings that we just use for our own needs. This is a mutual relationship, and it requires constant maintenance, understanding, and trust. Jade has some really good final reminders about healthy relationships with our cats and, honestly, each other. You'll see the cat videos on Instagram or social media feeds, and they're hilarious, they're cute. And I would always think, well, why doesn't my cat do some of this? Like, why isn't she a lab cat? Why doesn't she show me affection in that way? And this was earlier on. And then I realized, well, Jade, wait a minute. She, she is showing you affection. You just have to pay attention. This is how she's able to show it. And so stay attuned to her. Pick up on the signals that she's putting out. Pick up her specific ways of showing affection to you until maybe she learns something else or until she continues to evolve what that looks like. In these moments, this is when she's been showing you affection. It might not always be an Instagrammable moment, but she is showing you that she loves you and she needs you and she wants you here as well. And that's been a huge lesson for me, especially over the last few years. Well, folks, we did it. We cracked the code. All five love languages translated. And thanks to our experts, I think all signs, or at least most of them, indicate that yes, our cats do love us. Well, some of us. If yours don't, it's just because they find your scent offensive. This motivates me to work on appreciating my cat's love differently and to be a little better about not kissing them on the head. Oh, and while we're on the subject, my love language? Cold, hard cash and candy. In the next episode, we're going to take a giant step back and look at the greater positive impact that loving on cats has for the world and how to be better in general about the ecosystems within which we all live and love together. Speaking of love, I send lots of love to all of you out there. I appreciate you. Oh, hey, thank you. What you doing, little guy? I want to thank the wonderful returning voice, Kristen Vitali, cat advocate and behaviorist, Jennifer Vandekeeft, and fellow podcaster, educator, and full-spectrum doula, Jade Hillary. While the opinions are my own, the research and work is theirs. You can find their information in the show notes, as well as some research that I used for this episode. If you loved this episode, please give us a top rating and review. Thanks again for coming on board. Everything is connected. Six Degrees of Cats is produced, written, edited, and hosted by yours truly, Captain Kitty, a.k.a. Amanda B. Please subscribe to our mailing list by visiting tinyurl.com slash six degrees of cats or find us on all those social media platforms. And for my paid subscribers, you'll have access to the extra audio with more deep dives by our experts. 
This and all episodes are dedicated to the misunderstood, the marginalized, the resilient, and the weird. And, of course, all the cats we've loved and lost. So prior to this moment in time, I had never been a cat owner. I've always been a dog lover, Um, never really had cats in our family. I didn't know the first thing about cats. Like, what do you do with them? I don't get it. And then I think I turned to my right and I happened to see this beautiful Blue Point Siamese kitten. She was in her own playpen all by herself and she was, you know, doing her thing. And it was like love at first sight. And I had never felt this way about an animal before, but especially a cat. She's supposed to be in my life. I don't know what this is, but she's supposed to be with me.